Second Peter chapter 3 verse 18. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory both now and forever. Amen. Let's read the scripture together. Ready? Go. But grow in the grace. forevermore. Amen. You see, Apostle Peter was writing his take on his relationship with God. And Peter had written First Peter and has taught us how to relate with God, how to get into a relationship with God. And in Second Peter around chapter 3, he was getting ready to finish his take on Christianity. And in chapter 3, which is about, is it the last chapter? He says that after telling all the things that I've told you, but grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Remember first, uh, first Peter 1, 2, 2, he said that but as newborn babies desire the sincere milk of the word that you may grow thereby. You see, Peter was somebody who was always interested in seeing us grow and develop in the Lord. It's, it's amazing how a lot of us, we want to grow when we go into business. We want to grow in life. We want to do better than we have done before. How many want this year to be much better than last year? How many want to achieve more than you achieved last year? We all strive to achieve better than we achieved the year before. We all strive to do better today than we did yesterday. But unfortunately, when it comes to Christianity, when it comes to our spirit life, our spirit man, we don't have the same ambition to grow. You know, we, 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 we are okay to hang around the peripherals of Christianity. To, to, to stay in the back seat. We, we, we don't want to be at the forefront. We don't want to be uh, known as fanatics. We want to be okay. It's like we go to church and that is enough. At least it's sufficient for us. Hallelujah. How many want more money than you have? How many want a better status than you, you are, you have now? We all aspire to become, that's why we go to school. That's why we try to better ourselves. That's why we, we, we work to better our lot, to do better than we did before. Unfortunately, that same ambition is not replicated in the house of God. It's not replicated in our faith. We don't have any ambition to go better than we have with God. So Peter is advising us by saying that grow in the grace. And in the knowledge of God. You see, I, I always say that the word will not command you to do anything if it's impossible to do it. Are you with me? He will not say grow if there's no possibility of you growing. It won't make sense. Are you with me? And see, if I say grow and I don't give you the level to which you must grow, it, they say that if you don't have a destination, wherever you reach, it's a, it's a, it's a good enough destination, isn't it? But he, here he's saying that 
No, let us grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Can you see that? And then he puts full stop. That's end of sentence. Then the next thing he says is that to him be the glory both now and forever. I know it won't make sense or you may not understand it. But to him be the glory is a destination in the level of your growth. You know, Paul says in Romans chapter 1 that when we knew God, we did not retain him in our hearts and we did not glorify his name. And we took, we became, let's look up Romans 1. Let, let me show you the scripture. Are you, are you with me so far? To, to, today, I, I really want us to seriously think. Chapter 1, are you in chapter 1? From 21, it says that because although they knew God, they did not glorify him. Can you see? Which means that when they knew God, they did not go to the point of getting to glorify him. They did not grow. The anointing didn't get to the point of glorifying God. Um, are you okay? I'm going somewhere. Just, just hang, on, hang on with me. To glorify him as God, not to be thankful, but became futile in their thoughts. Which means that instead of going this way, they went that way. They, they, they knew God, but they, become, they became futile in their thinking. And their foolish hearts were darkened. Does it look like the church today? Hello? Let's read on. Prophecies to be wise, they became foolish. Go on. And changed the glory of the incorruptible God into the image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Can you see? So there was a destination they were supposed to have reached in God where they glorify him or their lives glorifies him. But no, they retained the futility of their minds and they became reprobate. And they changed the glory. Read on. Therefore, God also gave them up to uncleanliness and lust of their hearts and this to dishonor their bodies among themselves. Who exchanged the truth of God for a lie. Does it look like the church today? And worship and serve the creature rather than the creator. There are some churches that serve the creature, the pastor, than the creator God. They fear the pastor seeing what they are doing Rather than the God who sees where no man sees. Hallelujah. Who is blessed forevermore. Amen. 26. For this reason, God gave them to vile passions. Does it look like some some of us 
For even their women exchange the natural use of what is against nature. Likewise, also the men, leaving the natural use of the woman, burn in their lust for one another. Men with men. Committing what is shameful and receiving them in themselves the penalty of their error, which was due. Hallelujah. What I'm trying to get us to see is that there's a level that God wants us to grow into, aspire to become, which is a level that glorifies him, that brings glory to him. Rather, we want to burn in our own lust and we rather want to have God but have ourselves. Hallelujah. Does it look like us today? We, we know God is, and yet we are more worried about our lives. We are more conscious about our feelings. Now, in this day of, of internet and uh, snap uh, chat and all that, is that if it feels good, do it. If it feels right, do it. In this book, of, in this uh, uh, season or era of Facebook, anything that feels right, write it. <laughs> anything that feels like it good, do it. That was a good one. Are you with me? We, we, anything we feel like doing, we do. So even though we have, we have knowledge of God, we have not retained him in our thoughts. Our behavior is not subject to what God thinks. It's subject to how we feel. No. And what others think. You see, if I feel it in my fingers, I feel it in my toes. If you really love me, baby, come on and let it show. I want you to let it show. So show. Then you should also show. I feel it in my fingers. I feel it in my toes. If you really love me, come on and let it show. So it shows. So we just do it. God is not part of the thinking. God is not retained in this. We don't have any desire and hunger to after God, to go to God, to go live a life that glorifies him. No, we want a life that makes us comfortable. So somebody says that, listen, you don't have to go to church to worship God. Worship, God can be worshipped in, in my room. You understand? Because I don't want to go somewhere that I feel guilty. I want to stay in my, my, in my own sphere and, and worship God as I feel like. But brothers and sisters, I have news for you. God is not to be worshipped as and how we feel. He expects us to grow. Amen. Anything in the natural is replicated in the spiritual. Everything that is born has to grow. So if you are born again, you have to grow. Hallelujah. Anything that refuses to grow. Can you imagine that uh, Everett, come. Come. Can you imagine that if somebody came to you 
like this young man. And he says that, hello, my name is Everett. I'm 46 years old. Uh, how, how many will take at least one step backwards and evaluate him? Are, are you getting it? Because you don't expect him to be at that age looking like this. Are, are you understanding me? But can I submit to you that there are some people who are spiritually 46, but they look like him. Or even younger. Hallelujah. Am I talking to somebody? So we ought to grow. We have to grow. And how many will agree with me that growth is not um, objective? Uh, it's not subjective. Growth is not subjective. Growth is measurable. Uh, are you with me? If you say you are growing, first of all, you grow from a baby to a toddler, and then from a toddler to a, a youth or a child, then to a youth before you become an adult. Hallelujah. So growth is measurable. Amen. I think I've got your attention. Hallelujah. It's amazing how we don't... We've been in church for a long time, but we don't really want to grow. How many will agree with me that growth is not by how long you've been in church? Hmm? Do you agree? Growth is not necessarily how long you have been. It's not related to time. By the grace of God, I have been in the church for 32 and a half years. The fact that you've been in church for 32 and a half years doesn't mean you are spiritually 32 and a half years. It's not time related. Somebody may get born again within six months and grow 32 and a half years. Somebody may get born again and 42, 32 and a half years stay wherever they are. Unmovable, unshakable. So, spiritual growth is not time related. And yet, it's measurable. Hallelujah. Have I convinced you? You see, our commitment to growth really matters. You have to be committed to grow. You have to be committed to grow. To grow. It's not as I've come, so I've grown. I always use one, two people as an example. There is somebody called Libius. Tadius. Libius Tadius was one of the 12 apostles. There was another guy called Judas, not Iscariot. Also a disciple. But I'm sure you have never heard of him before. But when I say Paul, Saul who became Paul, 
He was not even a disciple, but you know him more than Libya Stadios. And you know him more than you know Judas, not Iscariot. The other Judas. And you know the other Judas, the Judas Iscariot himself. Are, are, you, are you getting what I'm saying? So you see, one was with Jesus from day one. One never saw Jesus. But he achieved more than the one who saw who, ate, drank, and stayed with him throughout his ministry. What I'm trying to say is that the fact that you have been with a man of God for years in close proximity doesn't mean you are spiritually grown. The fact that you've seen uh, 5,000 fed with a uh, uh, boy's lunch and seen all the miracle signs and wonders doesn't necessarily mean you are spiritually growing. Hallelujah. For growth, you have to participate. Spiritual growth is not like uh, physical growth. You don't inherit like my father is a pastor, my mother is a pastor, so I'm spiritually a pastor. No, you are not. It doesn't work like that. Hallelujah. As for our house, there's a lot of oil here. No, no, no. It doesn't work like that. Amen. The second thing that I'm going to say that will shock you is that spiritual growth is not necessarily related to knowledge. Some people think that I can quote scriptures, I can memorize the Bible, so spiritually I am very mature. Some people are appointed pastors because they can quote scriptures, passages. They can, in one, sta- one conversation, they can quote about 200 scriptures. It doesn't necessarily mean that they are spiritually anointed, uh, spiritually grown. And in Matthew chapter 4, and in Acts chapter 3, and then Psalm this, and then Deuteronomy this, Leviticus this, they'll quote a lot of, about 500 scriptures as you're talking. You, then you become intimidated. <laughs> the person knows the Bible more than me, so spiritually they are, they are more knowledgeable. No, it doesn't work like that. Knowing the scripture is knowing the scripture. The Bible says the letter killeth, but the spirit gives life. John 6.63. It is the spirit that gives life. The letter will kill. Because the letter makes you puffed up. The letter only makes you proud. Hallelujah. So having a lot of uh, spiritual, uh, what do you call it, knowledge, you know the scripture, you not necessarily mean you are spiritually mature. 1 Corinthians 8, 1. Now concerning things offered to idols, we know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge does what? Puffs up. Knowledge brings pride. And the Bible says that God hates the look of pride. 
but love edifies. Second Corinthians 3.6 also says the same thing. Let that kill it, isn't it? Hallelujah. Who also made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant, not of the letter. We are ministers not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. So you see, the, the, the logos, which is the Bible, that is why a lot of people who, have, who are Bible knowledge professors, they are not Christians. A lot of Bible knowledge professors and teachers, they don't believe in God. A lot of people who have gone to the cemetery, uh, no, se- seminary. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, I didn't say cemetery. They went to seminary. That doesn't necessarily mean that they. <laughs> that necessarily mean that they know God. The professor is Hallelujah. It is spiritual. You see, we are ministers of the spirit, not of the letter. For the letter killers. So, strive and aspire to be a minister of the spirit. Through your knowledge and experience of God, who God is. Hallelujah. The third thing that I'm going to say that will shock you. Is that becoming very active in the church doesn't necessarily mean you are spiritually mature. In this day and age, when you join the church, they take you to New Believer School, then they put you in the choir, they put you in the ushering board, and they put you somewhere. And then once you start serving, it feels and looks like as if you are spiritually growing and you are matured. But that is not true. <laughs> mm. Matthew seven twenty two. That's how come now you see uh, people who are in the choir. The next day you see them in the disco. I had my praise and worship leader some years ago. My praise and worship leader. One day. This young girl had joined the church and joined the choir. And this girl was invited to the nightclub. So she had gone to the nightclub and she went to the dance floor and she was dancing. And as she was dancing and dancing and dancing, there was somebody dancing behind her. I mean, people were dancing around her. Then as she was dancing, she turned around. And as she turned, then somebody also turned around. Who turned? The praise and worship leader. My church, not somebody else's church. My church. The girl said, I didn't know whether the ground should open, she'll enter. Or I didn't know whether to, to scream at her. So, say, why are you here? So, the, 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 she, the, the younger one came to tell me this story. That both of them froze on the dance floor. We need to have a Shabidora meeting. Both of them 
them froze on the dance floor. And she said she was so surprised because she, when she came to the church, the way this praise and worship leader was so anointed, you know, leading praise and worship and the, the power and the glory that, is, you know, was there. And then the presence was there. And then she goes to the nightclub and they come and see. <laughs> you see, you see, you see the search. <laughs> so, oh, why don't you keep quiet and let me tell my story? I haven't finished telling my story. Why are you? Wait and listen to the end of the story before you keep defending the. Def- <laughs> so, I'm not okay. I'm not telling the story again. But you don't, Ma- Matthew. Matthew 7. <laughs> ah, you are making so much noise. Uh, uh, <laughs> Matthew 7. Many will say to me, Oh, on that day, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and perform many miracles? Then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away with, from me, you evildoers. Being busy doesn't necessarily even result in salvation, let alone spiritual growth. You know the rest of the story, so why you say I should tell it? <laughs> huh? They froze. They froze and then the young one pointed to the old one and the old one pointed to the young one. (laughs) I said, you! You! So they they came to church on Sunday and the young one came to report herself. And the old one did not come and report herself. Well, the end of the story is that the young one became the prison worship leader after a while and became a missionary. And the older one backslid and was stabbed by a boyfriend. That's why I'm saying that. Wait and let me finish the story. <laughs> All my stories, they don't normally end very well. Have you not noticed? <laughs> That's the end of the story. I'm not going there. <laughs> All right. So, being active doesn't necessarily mean you are maturing spiritually. 
Are you getting it? So don't get confused when you see somebody very busy. And then the next day you see the person in the nightclub. Because this girl almost did not come to the church again. This young girl. Because of her assumption of the people who were standing on stage. And especially the one who was leading us to worship. And that girl can sing. You know, some people sing, but some people can sing. <laughs> I mean, when I say sang, she sings and you feel, you feel there. It's not, it's not just singing, you know, you sing. No, she can throw down. Um, you know, there are people who are performers and people who are singers. There are two different things. A singer is different from a performer. She performs the song and you feel goosebumps. Powerful. But she ended up being stabbed by her drug, her drug dealer boyfriend. As we speak now, she, I can take you to where she is now. <laughs> and the young one grew. The young one became spiritually matured. The young one became a missionary. Followed us to France and followed us to South Africa to preach the gospel. At the point she was preaching to, she had her own church that she preaches to. But she was in the nightclub. That's why I mean, I'm not very afraid of when I see somebody who is, no, no, just give yourself time and want to grow and stay. Yeah. Your story will change. Amen. I say your story will change. Amen. Don't give up on yourself. Amen. Don't think that God has written you off. God hasn't written you off. Don't write yourself off. Just grow. Just grow. Hallelujah. The next one also me is <laughs> You see when you stay in the church When you stay in the church and you begin to grow spiritually, financially, physically, you know, your finances will grow. And some people, when they become prosperous, as they stayed, came to church poor, and now they become very wealthy, they begin to equate their wealth with spiritual growth. But being prosperous... Doesn't necessarily mean that you have you have grown spiritually. You know, the church that we were in, I was we we're just coming to church, and I was telling Karen that on Sunday I taught a song to the choir. And I was telling Kiran that the first time I taught that song to my choir, I used to be a choir director. 
1994. <laughs> I, I thought there's in my name. How many were here? The choir in my name, yeah. The first time I taught that song was 1994. I was telling Kiran. 25 years ago, I taught that song. And the guys who were in the choir at the time, when we were singing, they were all poor and broke. Some were trying to go to school. Some had three, three cleaning jobs, morning, afternoon, evening. Some were doing this, some were doing that. Today, they have their own businesses. Those in the church, and they are still there. Some of them own their own businesses. Some have their own homes, two houses, three houses. They have prospered. But that doesn't necessarily mean that they've grown. Uh, you understand what I'm saying? Yeah, you could have been in church for 25 years. Yeah, you sang and now you are prosperous. So now you don't sing anymore. Now they sit down and their children sing. Preach, Pastor. Because they feel that now they've matured. But that is not maturity. <laughs> the zealous young ones. <laughs> the young ones which are growing. Mm. A little one. Oh, some people are trying to preach for me. Why don't I put the microphone down? Yeah, <laughs> Hallelujah. Second Peter one three. Seth, I think you have finished your service for today. Go home. Yeah, you should go home. He's finished church. As his divine power has given unto us all things that pertains to life and godliness through the knowledge of him who called us by what? Glory. glory. Have you seen the word glory appear again? Glory and virtue. You see, when God calls you, he calls you to a, to a certain point. But you see, for you to get to that point, you have to go through the process of growing. Are you with me? You have to know him till you get to the glory virtue, where your life glorifies him. When everybody gives glory to God because of you, then you have you have grown and you are growing to the point where he wants you to grow to. Amen. So let's look at the stages. I'm going to give us a few of the stages. My time is up, but I'll give you a few because I don't want to go on to, I want to move on to something else next week. Uh, give me Revelation 5. 5, 8 to 14 before we go to this one. Revelation 5, 8 
Now, when they had taken the scrolls, the four living creatures and the 24 elders fell down before the lamb, each having a sharp, a harp and a golden bowl full of incense, and which are the prayers of the saints. And they sang a new song saying, you are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals for you were slain and have redeemed us to God by the blood of, out of every tribe, every tongue, every people and nation, having made us kings and priests to our God and we shall reign on the earth. Then I looked and heard the voice of many angels around the throne and the living creatures and the elders and the number of them was 10,000 times 10,000 and thousands of thousands saying with a loud voice, worthy is the lamb who was slain to receive power and riches and wisdom and strength and honor and glory and blessing. And every creature which is in heaven and on the earth and under the earth as, and such as are in the sea and all that are in them, I heard saying, blessing and honor and glory and power be to him who sits on the throne and to the lamb forever and ever. Then the four living creatures said, Amen. And the 24 elders fell and worshipped him who lives forever and ever. Hallelujah. Are you getting the picture? Okay. You got a picture also? Good. So the stages that we have to go through to get to this point is stage one, being a child. Nobody comes to into God as an adult. I don't care how long you've been alive. You see, Nicodemus said to Jesus, how can I, being a full-grown man, go into my mother's womb and come out again? And Jesus said, that which is born of flesh is flesh. And that which is born of water is water. But do not marvel that I say to you that you must be born again. Except you be born again, you can never see the kingdom of heaven. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn it, but that the world through him, I mean John chapter 3 verse 17 now. No, I'm in six, uh, 15 now. I'm in verse 15. For God did not send his son into the world to condemn the world, but that the world through him must be saved. Then 16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. No, I was in 15. Go to 15 so that they see. Yeah? And then go to 16. And then 17. Hallelujah. He did not send the word to condemn, but that the word through him must be saved. 
So you see, when you have saved, you become a baby. You are born. Nobody borns or gives birth to a full-grown adult. Amen. First Corinthians 3, 1 to 3. Paul was talking to the church and said to them that when I came to you in Corinth, I did not come and speak to you as adults. I could not speak to you as spiritual people, spiritual adults, but as carnal and as to babes in Christ. I fed you with milk and not with solid food, for until now you were not able to receive it, and even now you are still not able. For if you still, if you are still carnal, for where there are envy, strife, this divisions among you, are you not carnal and behaving like mere men? So here, Paul was equating spiritual baby stage to carnality. So when you have a Christian who is in church and yet very carnal, they are at the stage of a baby. So you see, when this girl went to the nightclub, she was a baby. But she thought that the person who was leading the uh, praise and worship was supposed to be a spiritual adult. But what she didn't realize was that the person who was leading the praise and worship was also a spiritual baby. Because even though she was still, she's been in church for a long time, we said that being in church for a long time doesn't necessarily mean that you have grown. Are you with me? So she was in church. She was spiritual and yet very carnal, which is a, a sign or a characteristic of spiritual babies. We have a lot of spiritual babies in the church today because they have refused to grow. The church today is now full of spectators. We come to watch the performance of the pastor and, and to cheer him on and to receive blessing. I see the Lord blessing you. We catch and we catch and we take it away. The problem is that because we are immature, you see, God can bless you beyond what your spiritual maturity can take. I will tell you, I will tell you something. Spiritual maturity in God is a sign or it, it's, it's what gives rise or gives birth to spirit, prosperity, physical prosperity, you know, of a, of a certain level in God. Remember, Satan gives prosperity. But the prosperity of God, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in good health even as your soul prospers. So your maturity of your soul and a certain prosperity of your physically is linked. Am I making sense? So it's just sometimes you will not even get a certain blessing because you can't handle it. If God were to bless you at this stage, maybe you backslide. You will not come to church again. Say, Pastor, you know, when we were back those days, we could come to church, but now things have changed. Now we don't have time. Now you don't understand. You see, 
a, a guy, a guy was in church. And then the guy got blessed, got promoted, and got a certain UN job. And the guy started earning some fantastic amount of money. And then he wasn't paying his tithe, so the pastor went, ah, brother. I was about to mention the guy's name. <laughs> brother, when, when you were, we are believing God for a job, and you used to pay your tithe faithfully. Now that you have been blessed, you don't say, Pastor. You see, if I were to tell you what my tithe is, my 10% is, you will collapse. <laughs> you can't handle it. My 10%, you can't handle it. That's why I don't even bother. I'm not telling you a story. This is a true truth. <laughs> yeah. He said, my tithe, you can't handle it. A few years later, he got sick and he was in the hospital. His hand, one hand was up like this in a sling. Another hand was up. One leg was hanging. And the nurses were cleaning his bottom bottom. Now he sent that they should go and call the pastor. So the pastor come and pray. And then he said, Pastor, if God delivers me from where I am, I won't even give 10%. <laughs> See, all my stories, they don't end well. <laughs> oh, the guy died. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The, the wife, oh, I'm not telling you. The, pe- the wife is a doctor, yeah. <laughs> true, true story, oh. True story, I'm telling you. First Peter 2, 1 to 3. So you see, baby stage is equal to all this type of dual, dual life. I'm in church, but I'm still smoking. I'm in church, but I still drink. I'm in church, but I still have five boyfriends, five girlfriends. You know, you, this, you see them, you know, it's like... To, Today they are in church. When they are in church, they feel guilty. When they are in nightclub, they feel guilty. When they go to the, the drug place, they feel guilty. When they come to church communion, they feel guilty. It's a, it's a baby stage. So no, 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 no communion, no communion. Pass. Therefore, lay aside all malice and all deceit and hypocrisy and envy and all evil speaking. As newborn babies. <laughs> Are you the, so all the envy, hypocrisy, you know, all this type of canna. I'm in church, but I won't forgive this person. I'm in church, but I won't talk to this person again. I'm in church, but I will do something. I will show them the way these people have behaved to me. I will show them. It's all it's all sign that you are still a baby. Great, Pastor. <laughs> if I am setting my trap. If this person falls into my trap, that is when they will see my true colors. You are still a baby. You are still a baby. See, where envy, malice, strife, 
you know, we'll say, say, listen, oh, it doesn't okay, matter, forgive. Okay. It doesn't. No, 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 You don't understand, Pastor. No, no, no. Let's put the Bible aside. Once you, you, you start, ex, you see somebody exhibiting those things, they are, they are characteristics that they are still spiritual babies. So Paul says that I could not speak to you as spiritual, you know, I could not even preach a certain type of message. No, there are some messages that you can't preach to babies. They won't, they won't, can't, they can't handle it. So you just give them milky water. So I can't perform magic. And then I go. You see, any type of church you go to and Jesus is the one giver of everything. Satan is responsible for everything. And you don't have to participate in anything. It's a, you don't have any responsibility. Have you, the type of preaching I'm talking about, do you understand? Satan is responsible. Your grandmother's house, your father's house, you know, the witches in your father's house, your grandmother's house, they are responsible for all your problems. And Jesus is going to give you all the, the blessings. And Satan is all the problem. And as for you, you don't have any responsibility whatsoever. It's a baby, baby giving church, milk, breast milk type of church. A church that puts responsibility on you wants you to grow. It's a church that makes you, because you see, if you think that you can be in, ch- in Christ and not be responsible for anything, then you are not in. No, that's not a proper thing. You have to do something. You have to, there is a work for, for you to be done. You can't just be there. In Matthew eleven twenty eight, it says, Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take on you upon you my yoke, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Which means that you there is an exchange. You bring your heavy load, you put it down. But you take his yoke. And then his yoke is easy, his burden is light. But you have to carry his burden. So any gospel that doesn't make you carry anything is not a proper gospel. It's all blessing, 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 blessing. And that's the church, the church of God in Christ today. The pre- charismatic Pentecostal church. All babies. No responsibility. It's your, 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 the uh, Satan in your mother's house, in your father's house, in your uncle's house. No, there are consequences in life. Sometimes it's not Satan. I'm not saying Satan doesn't do anything. But sometimes it's not Satan. It is you. Sometimes we give we give him too much too much glory when he doesn't deserve it. <laughs> Have you not realized that they are always casting down Satan and always binding him, and the problem is never going? The Bible says, "Greater is he that is in you than he that." So if, if you are greater is in you, you should be able to bind the devil and won't come again. So which one has come now? Is this uh, the devil? Then maybe it's not the devil. It's maybe it's your. So, sign of baby stage, carnality, envy, strife, division, 
See, when you put little children together, you, when you have two your small children, let's say you have three small children, do you know the name of the fourth child? Stop it. <laughs> so you have James, Andrew, John, and, uh, and uh, uh, James, Andrew, and John. The fourth one is called Stop It. If you are outside the house, you hear James, 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 Andrew, 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 John, 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 stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. <laughs> so the fourth child is Stop It. <laughs> because that's what children do. Children are always fighting each other. They're always arguing. They're always, so you, the, the fourth child is called Stop It. When you have two children, the third one is called Stop It. When you have one child, the second child is called Stop It. If you like, as I've said, if, when you monitor how many times you say, stay, stop it. Stop it, stop it, stop it. Come, stop it, come, stop it, stop it, stop it, stop it. Is so anytime you are hearing a lot of stop it, it means that there's a child in the, in the place. I think you should get up and go home. What is <laughs> we'll continue next week. <laughs> eh? No, I've done only one characteristic of... I haven't finished... The second... I have got about four characteristics of babies. Before we go... <laughs> Another thing is that babies cannot discern between good and bad. That's how come a lot of Christians don't know which is a wrong church and which is a right church. Because you are babies. Stand to your feet. We'll continue next week.